A big weekend on deck for the Hoosiers with two top 10 matchups on both the men's and women's side. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day, or perhaps your first watch on YouTube every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Before we get started, I want to say if you guys can take a quick moment uh, and give us a rating and review on, or review I should say, on iTunes. Usually save it for the end of the show, uh, but that helps us out a ton trying to get some of those up so we can get in front of more and more eyes and ears, uh, whether on iTunes, whether on Spotify as well, if you guys listen there. Hoosiers have a couple of... uh, Ranked matchups, I, I won't say that they're both uh, necessarily big pressure ones with the men's team taking on Purdue on Saturday, the women's team playing Iowa on Sunday, and in what is essentially a free hit for the IU women, no pressure for them on that one. We're going to talk about both those games, preview them in today's episode. Let's start with the game that will take place first, the men's game, IU versus Purdue, 7.30 p.m., Saturday. Interestingly, obviously this game is in Mackey. It'll be on Fox. I believe the Arizona game was on Fox um, earlier this season. A primetime Fox game on a weekend might do some really big ratings, but uh, obviously this is a big matchup to have on on national TV, uh, one of the top rivalries in college basketball. It'd be interesting to kind of look back IU Purdue was probably like a, based on kind of recent results in the past couple of years and whatnot, like a top three rivalry in college basketball, top five at worst, I would say. So I'm sure Fox loves having it on Fox itself, especially considering the uh, last meeting. Since that last meeting, on that note, Purdue has struggled. I don't know if IU kind of exposed some things about them or if it was just a matter of playing some tougher opponents, but they lose to IU. They came back and beat Iowa at home, but then lost back-to-back games against Northwestern and Maryland uh, before they winning against Ohio State on Sunday. They play the Hoosiers on Saturday in a game that is going to be kind of the last chance, one of the last chances really for the Big Ten title race to have any extra zest to it. Right now there is only one loss separating Purdue and Northwestern. Three losses with everybody else. The Hoosiers could make this really interesting for Purdue down the stretch if they were to uh, win this game. Now the problem, or uh, the problem for Purdue, I should say, is they've only played Northwestern once, and Northwestern has the tiebreaker. So if these two teams finish tied, I guess they technically share the title, but they shouldn't because <laughs> Northwestern beat them head-to-head. 
nonetheless, that's a lot of projection, but this is the last uh, big matchup for Purdue. They will play, play at Wisconsin, but Wisconsin has struggled this year and then at home against Illinois to wrap up the regular season. So this is kind of the last big hurdle, I would imagine, for Purdue for the Big Ten title. I don't know if they'll treat the game as such. If I don't know that they can afford to treat the game as such. They've just struggled since losing to IU. It seems like the, uh, what's the, the saying, the cat is out of the bag with them. Everybody knows to now kind of pressure their guards, and they've struggled in a lot of these big games. We'll talk about that in a bit, but um, it's a Purdue team that when they came into Bloomington, they looked obviously not unbeatable, but the best of the best in the country, 22-1. and one. The one loss was to Rutgers, which obviously we know how tough that Rutgers team can be, but they looked among the best in the country. Since then, they're 2-3. and three. And now, granted, all of those losses are away from home, but it's still three losses after having one heading into uh Heading into February, they had one loss and have had three in the three, four weeks since. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for Purdue. See if they can get some, get back on steady footing a little bit in this one. Ken Palm thinks that they will. Uh, they think it will be kind of decisive. 75-66 in favor of Purdue in this one with a 23% uh, win probability for the Hoosiers, which is fair. The Hoosiers uh, have struggled in Mackey. Last year they made the game close, but I know we like to joke and whatnot, but Mackey is kind of a tough place to play in, so I'm not surprised Indiana has struggled in it. I think, and I'm trying to pull it up because I forgot to before we started, I think the last... um, win for the Hoosiers in Mackey might have been the game that Will Sheehy did some flexing I could be wrong no they won in 2022 I complete or no at at Purdue excuse me um yeah it was 2013 uh was the last time IU won in Mackey when Will Sheehy was flexing on the student section so this is not a place Indiana typically has a lot of success um if you look back just over the last uh 65 games they're 20 and 45 they won in 2013 they won in 2012 and then 06 and 05 so in the last uh 20 what three years 22 years they've won four times in purdue it's not quite the house of horrors that maybe the breslin center or the Cole Center are, but this is a place the Hoosiers have struggled. It's a rivalry game. They they always get up for it, so not necessarily a surprise that the Hoosiers have struggled there. There's going to be three keys I'm going to be watching in this game. You guys can probably predict what they are, but we'll go over them, get some thoughts on, on how the Hoosiers uh, are going to handle themselves going into this one. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. We're just past the midway point of the NBA season. The NBA came back on Thursday evening, uh, but it's still a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you continue, uh, combine, excuse me, your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new Locked On College Basketball podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place with big name experts, insiders, coaches, players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube wherever you guys get podcasts. There's no lineup yet for FanDuel. That's why I did not mention it. Uh, Not shocking. I'm recording this on Thursday night, but no lineup yet for that. It's probably going to be... I'd be surprised if it's not 9 or 10 points for this one. The Hoosiers have struggled away from home and produced a really good team. And to that point, there's a couple things that I think are going to go a long way in determining this game. How are you going to defend Zach Eady? It was a tale of two halves in that game earlier this season. Eady was not very good in the first half and then was unstoppable in the second half. IU is uniquely positioned in some ways to where you might not have to help as much in with having Trace Jackson Davis. At the same time, Trace Jackson Davis looked absolutely exhausted on Tuesday against Michigan State. It's a little bit of a longer rest before this game, but I don't know if you want to go man-to-man on this, and I don't think they'll straight just leave Trace on an island with Zach Eady because that's easy for Zach Eady. As good as Trace is, he's not tall enough or big enough to deter Eady, as we saw time and time and time and time again in the last game. So that's not the right call. How much are you going to send help? Are you going to double? Are you going to dig down? Uh, this is a lot of stuff that we've seen with Trace himself and how teams defend him. What of those are the Hoosiers going to take to defend Edie? I would think it would be more digging down than doubling. I don't think that they would send a double at Edie. Edie doesn't... Purdue is very turnover prone. So, and a lot of that comes from Edie. So I can see guards digging down swiping at the ball and then going on through to to cover their man, things like that. In the last meeting, I believe Edie had something like five or six turnovers in the contest. So that's kind of your key for – he had five turnovers in that game. That's kind of your key is to not let him get to the start of his post move. And if you're swiping down at him and trying to knock the ball loose, then – Maybe that's your solution. Part of the solution as well is simply not allowing the ball to get to him. There's a, You can focus a lot on what you do when he gets the ball. A lot of times it's too late at that point. We Again, you can take a lot of this and compare it to Trace Jackson Davis. We've seen team, 
teams throw defenses at Trace. He backs out to the three-point line, lets, forces them to kind of reset, and then he goes one-on-one anyway. If IU's committed to digging down and Edie hangs onto the ball, well, then you're still left with Trace having to defend Edie, and that's not going to go well for IU. It didn't in the second half in Assembly Hall. So part of it is going to be putting the pressure on Purdue's guards. They struggle with turnovers. And again, it's something we saw firsthand in the last meeting, and that was, I think, in the first half a big way in how the Hoosiers were able to um, jump out to that big lead was making Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, those types of guys uncomfortable. Braden Smith has a 21.2% turnover rate. Lawyer's a little bit better at 11.1 or 11.4%, but uh, Braden Smith, I mean, both those guards have struggled in these bigger games this season. Uh, Edie had six turnovers against Northwestern. Braden Smith had three. Um, the game against Maryland, Edie had just two turnovers. Turnovers weren't the issue against Maryland. It was that Maryland was kind of throwing in everything because they're the Golden State Warriors when they play at home. So a lot of if you can pressure those guards and make them uncomfortable, they're still young freshmen, Lawyer and Smith. Even Caleb First, who's more of a forward, is a sophomore. A lot of the pieces around Edie are younger players. If you can force them into the mistakes, then you don't have to deal with Edie, who is just a load, and the Hoosiers can't really handle that one-on-one. The other big thing for Indiana isn't on the defensive end. It is on the offensive end. It is getting production from players not named Jalen hood Shafino or Trace Jackson-Davis. It's kind of been a growing problem for Indiana. If you look back to various games, I mean, the Michigan game, it felt like literally nobody but uh, Jalen and Trace were doing anything. If you look back to the Purdue game, Trey Galloway was the only other player in double figures, but you got eight points from Renew, six from Cop, six from Race, uh, three from Tamar Bates. You had a, other guys kind of chipping in. And compare that to the game the other night against Michigan State where just none of that really happened. Uh, you had seven points from Ray, six from Miller Cop, two from Malik Renew, and that was it. So you need more production from other guys, whether it's Tamar, whether it's Geronimo, whether it's just having Malik or Miller or Race have a bigger night. Trey Galloway seems like consistent 10, 11, 12 points, somewhere around there. It's the other guys who have been very volatile in how much they've been able to produce. And I think that's going to be the big key, especially on the road. Is someone like Tamar Bates or Jordan Geronimo going to take what happened against Michigan State where they were effectively benched in the second half? They didn't play until the game was out of reach and he emptied, and Mike Woodson emptied the bench. Are they going to take that as a wake-up call that is long overdue and come out with a little more fire against Purdue. If they don't, how quickly does Mike Woodson go to a Caleb Banks, a CJ Gunn, an Anthony Leal, I guess, is an option as well. Um, How quickly does he go to them to try to look for them to give a spark? Is that even viable? Right now, IU traces as reliable as anybody. 
like two-thirds of the time, Jalen Hunchafino is. Galloway's reliable, just with kind of a low ceiling. And after that, it's kind of a toss-up as to who's going to be able to also contribute. That can't be the case. That's too many variables, and you're not going to win big road, road games doing that. So the Hoosiers have to have much more production from the other guys, which is a tough ask in Mackey Arena against Purdue, a top five team in the country. But that's what it's going to take to beat a top five team on the road and your biggest rival as well. If they're if they do that, if they provide that level of production, then IU has a chance. If they play like they did against Michigan State, it's going to be worse than the 15 point loss they had against the Spartans. So I think that is going to be as big of a factor as anything. Is if IU is going to get production from people not named Trace and Jalen Hudshafino and I guess Trey Galloway. That it not just for the Purdue game. A lot of this is kind of for moving forward into the Big Ten tournament and into the NCAA tournament because you might be able to win the first round game, maybe a second round game, relying on those two, but your run is stopping there if you even get that far, if you're just a two-man team and everybody else is just highs and lows and nowhere in between. So that's something the Hoosiers just need to work out over the final week, week and a half of the regular season and through the week of the Big Ten tournament as well. Well, that game has a lot riding on it for the men's team. The women's game, not quite so much. We'll talk about IU versus Iowa and why the pressure is off for Indiana in this one here in just a moment. A game that I think a lot of us circled at the beginning of the season is a game that no longer has all that much riding on it. Honestly, it has nothing riding on it. IU versus Iowa on Sunday. Again, even as recently as, what, two weeks ago when IU played Iowa, we thought that was kind of round one of a two-round tie, basically, which was going to determine the Big Ten title. These two teams did determine the Big Ten title, but it's not going to come down to this week. The Hoosiers... And the Hawkeyes will play at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Interesting thing of note. I should say a version of College Game Day is going to be at Iowa at 11 a.m. on Sunday. L. Duncan, Andrea Carter, Rebecca Lobo, Carolyn Peck, and Holly Rowe are all going to be at uh, Iowa starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday. I believe this show is going to go for two hours maybe just an hour uh, before the game itself, which will start at 2 p.m. on ESPN. Since the last meeting, which IU won 87-78, Iowa beat the snot out of Rutgers. I was trying to make that PG. 111-57 against Rutgers. Blew out Wisconsin by 30. Blew out Nebraska by 20. Looked like a team that was out for maybe a little bit of revenge, whatever you want to call it, and then got the snot beaten out of them by Maryland in their biggest game of the season. A must-win game to make this game on Sunday mean anything, 
and they fell flat on their face. And now this game means nothing in terms of the Big Ten standings. Uh, the Hoosiers are, or excuse me, the Hawkeyes are 22 and 6 and 14 and 3 in the Big Ten. The Hoosiers have lost just one Big Ten game, 26 and 1 overall. So, as we've said many times, and I just I'm fine with reminding everyone, the Hoosiers are outright Big Ten champions. So what's at stake here is a little bit of pride, a little bit of a message to be sent, kind of from both sides. Um, I still think there's some pressure for Iowa in this game that isn't there for IU. IU has proven that they can beat basically anybody. Uh, they have done it all season long. They have just racked up ranked win against or after ranked win on the road at home. It hasn't mattered. They've beaten every ranked opponent put in front of them this season. Iowa hasn't done that in the big games. They lost to UConn. They lost to NC State. Not to say they haven't had some ranked wins. They beat Iowa State. They beat Michigan. They beat Ohio State, which is, I mean, they were number two at the time, but a lot has changed since then. They did, they did beat Maryland, but then they got whooped by Maryland. So there's still some questions about Iowa that aren't really there about IU. So I think this is honestly a pretty pressure-free game for the Hoosiers, which is the first time Indiana's kind of had that since, like, the second game of the season. IU opened against Vermont and UMass Lowell before going to Tennessee. And that Tennessee game had a lot of pressure to it. So at most we're talking, like, November 11th, the last time IU could kind of play pressure-free basketball. I, I mean, you could see it going either way. You have some weight lifted off of you, and you go into this game, and you don't have to play with kind of those expectations. Maybe it goes well. Maybe the Hoosiers have some freedom to them and, and just run wild in this one. At the same time, I think sometimes that pressure can keep you on an edge and keep you performing at a high level. So maybe the Hoosiers don't play quite as crisp and they aren't quite as motivated and things like that IU might not even view this game as no pressure they probably want to beat Iowa every time they can after last season so I'm not even saying IU is going to treat this game as one that doesn't have any pressure but from the outside looking in this game IU can lose this game and it will change nothing they'll still be the number two overall seed they'll still be outright Big Ten champions They'll still head into the Big Ten tournament, the number one overall seat. Nothing changes in terms of any of that if they win or lose. It's just kind of a mentality thing and a momentum thing that would be the only things that would change in this one. And look, we talked a lot about how difficult the final month of the season for IU was going to be. It started with that trip to Purdue where they had a huge third quarter and won. They won the Iowa game. They beat the breaks off Ohio State, they beat Michigan, and they beat Purdue to win the Big Ten title. If they win this game, that stretch where it looked as daunting as ever, which included three ranked teams, four ranked teams, excuse me, and two games against your rival, you go 6-0 and in that, and I'm not sure you're ever going to find a more impressive stretch of games and IU women's history, and you'd be it'd be hard to find it in the men's side in the regular season. Their NCAA tournament runs might be different, but six games where 
you're either playing a top 13 team or you're playing Purdue and you win them all, regardless if they win or lose this one, they did they were absolutely incredible during this stretch. If you'd have told me before the season you will go five and one in those final six games, I would have signed on the dotted line right then. I it wouldn't have really mattered what the one loss was. I would have taken it in a heartbeat. That alone is impressive. The Hoosiers could go six and zero in this, and I there's it's not that they need another stamp of just how good they are, but I mean if you go twenty seven and one, sixteen or seventeen and one in the Big Ten, like good lord, that is quite something to wrap up the season. That's one of the best seasons in Big Ten history. I, I guess that is what the Hoosiers are battling in this one. Kind of how how great of a team are they going to be remembered as in the regular season? Whereas Iowa has a lot more uh, questions about just them as a team this year. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Again, I said this before. My hope, and I don't think they'll do it now that IU is outright Big Ten champions, but I really hope IU gets their due respect in this college game day. I'll be watching. I'll be tweeting if you guys want to follow at, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Let us know uh, what you think. We'll be tweeting about the Purdue game on Saturday, the Iowa game on Sunday. We will go live on Sunday after the Purdue or the Iowa game, excuse me, IU versus Iowa too, which means we'll go live somewhere around four o'clock probably. Be sure you guys are subscribed, following us on Twitter, follow or subscribing to us on YouTube to uh, catch that live stream. For your second listen today, check out the brand new locked on, or brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Big name experts, coaches, players, everything throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate the support you guys continue to give. We're we're nearing the really fun time of the year as tournament time is getting underway. So. Follow us again if you haven't. Leave that rating and review, all of that great stuff. As always, guys, I hope you have a great weekend. Let's go Hoosiers, and most importantly, Elio.